Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Sure. Wherever you want. You don't sound too excited about that, but uh, I like I your wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to call him and ask him to be on the podcast. Oh, that's fine. I can handle that. I can handle that. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll have my cat attack you while you're out here, and I'll steal your phone, and I'll look in your contacts, and I'll get all the numbers. How will that work? It sounds like a normal day when I'm out there. Yes, so it does. There you go. It does sound <laughs> so like a normal day. Oh, Mr. Spielman, my kitty misses you, sir. Uh, yeah. Coco the kitty, he's uh, a little hungry, looking for a leg to gnaw on another day for the We Tackle Life podcast here on a chilly, chilly laundry room edition of the uh, podcast this morning. <laughs> I blew a breaker out here today. I was like, uh-oh, can't do a podcast without electricity, but uh, we got it figured out. Glad to be with you here on a Wednesday, and uh, Spiels, we have professional sports on the calendar, and it is relevant in Columbus because the Memorial Tournament always signals the arrival of summer in Columbus. Well, summer will be here, but uh, it looks like we're going to have the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village Golf Club July 16th through the 19th. Well, maybe we'll avoid the rain this year for the first time by maybe. changing the date. But I, I think it's – I was actually encouraged just to hear something like that, right? Yeah. That that there's some type of sport starting up, and there's an official start date coming up, and I think it's perfect because if we look at it as far as social distancing, um, golf is the easiest, I think, sport to execute amongst its athletes, right? Because sure. those guys social social distance by nature. That's anyway. right. They do. Don't stand in my I line. Get away from me. Yeah. Everything is get away from me. Get out of my line. Don't step in my line. Don't well, walk through my line. Yeah, don't stand too close to me when I tee off. Yeah, it's made for social yeah. distancing. <laughs> don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> don't breathe on me for sure. So, and hopefully uh, there'll be some type of where people can wear masks or whatever, or there'll be some type of control or medicine or treatment, or they'll have a little better handle on who's at risk, who's not at risk, all that stuff that we always talk about on a daily basis. Yeah, that goes without saying, is, so we're not going to say it anymore. Yeah. That's right. So when this, when this thing passes, uh, you know, we'll be better for it and we won't have to talk about it anymore. But uh, I'm excited, and, and I think golf – here in Columbus to kind of get at least on a schedule and Columbus is going to take the lead for that is, uh, is excellent. I think it's awesome. Uh, I know they're going to start a little bit earlier with Charles Schwab, I believe. June, yeah. June 11th. Yeah. June 11th. So get it going. I mean, eventually you got to start doing something because I, I just, you know, the more I keep my eyes around the news and, and I get news from all sources, by the way. I mean, I just don't get news from uh, Fox News because, um, you know, I'm fairly conservative in my views and beliefs. But I, I tend to try to educate myself everywhere. Uh, and the, the more I look at everything and, and the more I uh, digest everything, you know, this this lockdown thing, man, people are starting to turn the other way. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all in it. I get it, you know, but eventually... And soon, like I think, start of May is just a guess that I have. Yeah, that people are going to say, "All right, you know, we 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 have enough understanding, or at least we have to have a little bit better, more solid data coming out, or the data has to be more transparent, in my opinion, so people can make their their decisions." And I do, I tend to believe in people, and I do believe that people will go out of their way. Uh, to live under the kind of the new standards that we'll have and the new guidelines that we'll have as far as 
uh, notice I said guidelines and not yeah. laws. Yes, hopefully they're um, guidelines. Yeah, and I think people will will be responsible in, in doing that to hope keep the spread of this thing down, and hopefully in the summer it'll start dying out. Well, uh, the great thing about the memorial in mid-July, as you said, first and foremost, that was my thought. Probably won't have any rain because usually that's about the time on the calendar where uh, God shuts the water faucet off in central Ohio, <laughs> and it gets pretty toasty. Uh, yeah. We typically do not see a memorial tournament where the conditions are ultra, ultra fast, and fairways will run out and greens won't hold, and that'll be an interesting tournament. It'll be a different kind of a tournament. What'll really be interesting to me, and I, uh, I, I'm i going to call my, my buddy Tom Sprouse, the Memorial Tournament Director today, and maybe Dan Sullivan, the Executive Director, and they've both been kind to come on the air with us many times over the years, uh, and they do a great job. They can't know yet whether they're going to be allowed to have fans, but that's going to be a really good barometer of whether we're going to be able to have fans for Ohio State football, which would be starting, you know, about 45 days later. I'll be interested to see where we are July thir- uh, 16, 17, 18, and 19 on letting fans attend a sporting event. Uh, if they can't attend a golf tournament, then, you know, there'll have to be some major progress made in the next 45 days for fans to be in Ohio Stadium on September 5th or for there to be a game in Ohio Stadium on September 5th. Well, I was thinking about that, and you know how golf in, in a beautiful club out at Muirfield is the perfect setting for social distancing, how yep. it's set up. And yep. Ohio State football game is, the, is probably the worst place for social distancing amongst fans. Yeah, tailgating I mean, and everything else, parking oh, and everything else. <laughs> the tailgating, the parking. People have complained walking. for years about the space of or the width of a seat in the stadium, like, come on, man, I can't fit my derriere in that spot. Yeah, so yeah, the the yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I I haven't sat in the stands at an Ohio State game, but my family has, and you know, it, it's really like I have four tickets marked as four seats, but in reality, it's only three seats. <laughs> and, and Your I'm girls four, are tiny, so they can fit uh, in there. Uh, Two, my two stepchildren are tiny. My 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 other girls are Amazons. Your youngest is pretty tiny. Yeah, she's she's five five. Yeah, about you know, and built pretty good. But my my other ones are Amazons. They're Wonder Women, <laughs> Maddie and uh, Maddie and Mace. They're Wonder Woman, man. <laughs> they're they're five eleven across the board, man. Yeah. And so no, but I, I I look. Trump even said, look, he doesn't. I was interesting. We watched his press conference yesterday and talked about and just the sports part. I'm not getting into the other stuff, but just the sports part. And, you know, he was talking about how he's tired of watching baseball games at 14 <laughs> years old. I, I mean, it was great. It, it was. I mean, because I, I, he's saying the same things that a lot of people are thinking, but I don't think people would uh, admit that he's saying what they're thinking because of their hatred for him. But he's saying what a lot of people are thinking. He said, I don't want to have a football game where there's if somebody sitting in every other seat. I was kind of thinking for football games, you know, whatever it is, you have maybe a quarter of the capacity and you do tickets by lottery, then you, uh, which I, you know, that's, I know it sounds like a dumb idea, but I'm just thinking of how to get some fans in there. Then you keep uh, distance by maybe people sit four seats apart from yeah. each other. Throughout. I don't know how it's going to work out. But it's at least we're talking about it now. Thank goodness, you know, and, and getting back and and starting to do something about it. Hopefully, and he's you said 
he's bringing some of the top leaders in the sports world in to discuss how to move forward. Well, anytime there's been a national tragedy, it strikes me that sports has either done a really good job or has done a debatably bad job on uh, helping people move past uh, what was preoccupying their thoughts. Think back to the NFL playing on the Sunday after the JFK assassination. That's a decision that Pete Rozelle says has said, uh, the late Pete Rozelle said he regrets. But I think sports and the World Series between the Diamondbacks and the Yankees in 2001 was crucial to getting our psyche back up to some degree of normalcy after the 9-11 attacks. And it's great. I think it's great. Look, I'll say it's great because I know, you know, some people hate the president. I think it's great on two fronts to involve the sports commissioners and to involve Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and Mavericks owner Mark Cuban in this committee, advisory panel, whatever you want to call it, to get sports back going. I like the fact because I think sports is going to be important to getting people to think normally. And I like the fact that Cuban has ripped Trump in the past, and yet he's on the committee. And I think it's good. It gives it a bipartisan flavor, and I wish we could get back to being more bipartisan on whatever, and you and I have talked about this, whatever degree we can agree on, let's agree on that, and let's work together. I think overall Trump does a pretty good job of that. Now, he, he talks you know, he, he goes after people just like they go after him. But I think overall, when you look at when he forms committees, I think he looks at successful people. I don't think he cares what their uh, political slant is. Roger Goodell's, uh, I believe Roger Goodell's father was a, a Democratic senator. And I think Roger's a, a member of the Dem, uh, a, a Democrat, which I, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Right. I'm saying I, you, it would be. I think it would be silly, Bruce, for a leader or what President Trump has going on and how he's approaching this. It would be silly to um, diminish or not pick the mind of a great business leader. Uh, Tim Cook from Apple, for example, is obviously going to be part of the business solution of getting the country up and running from a business-wise. And, and look at the diversity of on Friday. He's meeting with faith leaders around uh, our country. And, of course, we're not a country of just Christianity. We're a country of multiple faiths. Mm -hmm. And he's bringing multiple faith leaders in there to pick their brains. And that, to me, is wisdom. That's, uh, that's how I view it. Um, because these people, it doesn't matter if you have an R, a D, or an I for independent besides your name. We all have one common goal and one common interest, and that's to get our country up and running again. I just hope when we take the picture of the committee, there are, you know, men and women and every nationality represented, or somebody's going to tweet protest about <laughs> you, know, yeah, you know that's coming. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> and I, I want minds. I'm, I, I don't see. I don't like when he brings people in, and I don't. I don't even. I don't even think of that. It's I not on my radar. I, me I'm either. Not in, I, I don't even notice. I'm not interested in that. What I am interested in is their minds and how smart they are to figure it out. And I think that's, I think he does a really good job of that. I really do. Um, I, and I just want the best people, the best and the brightest working on this. And I think he, he recognizes that. And contrary to popular belief, I think he listens uh, which was evidence of uh, how he's handled this situation. 
uh, uh, overall, speak, in my opinion. Speaking of the debate over how uh, the president has handled this situation, I don't know if you know this or not. Your friend and mine, certainly much closer friend of yours than mine, but I like this guy, uh, and we could not be further apart on politics than we are with Peter King, uh, formerly of the Monday morning quarterback, now with, uh, I think it's Football Morning in America on NBC Sports. Did you see where Peter King and Clay Travis had a, uh, first of all, an engagement on Twitter yesterday, which led to Peter going on Clay's show on Fox Sports? Did you uh, see any of that, or were you aware of that? Yes, I was, Bruce. I'm very aware of everything going on in this sports world. I figured you were. Did you listen Um, to the segment? I did. I did. Well, I thought it was well done in that they both did what you've recommended. They didn't talk over each other. They listened to each other. Neither one of them, I think, came away thinking like the other one thinks, but I thought it was a healthy interaction. So I... um... Yeah, I do. Uh, that's kind of my new mantra you know, or new philosophy that I've put into place in my home, for example. Like as a father, sometimes we tend to talk over our children, right? Mm-hmm. And, and no, no matter what they're saying, we're talking over them. Yeah, 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 do this. Yeah, right. Okay, yes, I understand. Do this. So actually talking to them, then listening, uh, then, then not talking over them or getting taking anything personal or storming out of the room or hit send on your tweet button and say, yeah, I really showed him. Uh, I think that when you have two sports giants in the media, I mean, I don't know what people think of Clay, Tra- Clay Travis. Uh, there's things I agree with Clay on and things I disagree with Clay on. But the one thing is the guy knows how to market himself and has done a great job uh, of uh, building his whatever social empire social media empire up. He has a podcast. He's on Fox sports. He's everywhere. He's a, re- he's a really bright guy. And I think uh, it's interesting when you have lawyers who get tired of lawyering and he kind of transformed his whole career and he's done a great job. And, and clay actually has democratic background. If you, if Very clay much voted, so. Yeah. And, and, and Peter, I think if Peter would, side on the liberal progressive side of things as far as his thought process goes and and i think clay's kind of gone a little bit more right over the years on his way of thinking i think he'd say he's an independent but uh yeah yeah. well I, i i i exactly but i think from an independent nowadays to me thinks a little bit more on the right leans a little bit more on the right side of thinking whereas i think progressives are, are probably, you know, left and only left. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where at least, you know, that's, and that's great. That's this country and it's great. And I think Peter would be the first one to admit that that's the side that he leans on, but there's two bright guys, two very bright guys having a discussion. Each of them donated a thousand dollars to the food bank, uh, which would feed probably 20,000 meals. A thousand bucks would get 20,000 meals. Yep. I think somewhere I read, so I think it was it was good. It was healthy. Uh, I happen to, to agree with on uh, just not not any not taking sides or anything, but it's just my mindset and my belief system falls more along the lines of Clay Travis than it does Peter King on certain things. But on I this particular issue and how Trump's yeah. handled everything, yeah, right, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So, 
Yeah, it was interesting, and I'd, I'd advise any of you to go to Fox Sports, uh, probably foxsports.com, or go to Clay's Twitter. You can find the the interview on Clay's Twitter in two parts. I listened to it last night. I thought it was... What'd you think of it? I was very, in terms of how it was done, what I listened to from a, uh, you know, from a radio technical standpoint was they didn't talk over each other. They didn't interrupt each other. Peter let Clay make his points. Clay let Peter make his points. You can tell Clay's a very skilled um, litigator. Litigator, yes, very skilled. He and both of I thought, you know, Clay's taken a lot of heat for his positivity on the coronavirus and his optimistic outlook from the very beginning, and he retains information very well. He he yeah. is very uh, detail oriented in remembering what he said before, uh, in bringing in uh, facts from historical events and things like that. I am a big fan. I'm trying to explain how this... Uh, I adm- I look at Clay because he's in the media, and I evaluate his gr- the growth of his brand and his name, and his. he started out writing books, and you know he's done an amazing job of cultivating an audience speaking to that audience, understanding what his audience wanted and departing from the popular thought of how media should be done. And he's a trailblazer. He's done an amazing job of being ahead of the forefront of what where the next trend is going to be. And I don't mean he's crafts phony opinions because, oh, this is what people want to hear. I mean, he was on top of ESPN losing subscribers before it happened. He's been on top of so many trends in sports, and I follow him because I want to be smart, and I think I have some of the same skill set that he does. I have been negative percent as effective as he has been in growing my own, you know, influence. And it's not that I'm, you know, I don't want to, like, I'm not into social media clicks and stuff like that. I'm more geared toward the faith side and what we're trying to accomplish from a faith perspective. And I wish I could grow our podcast and grow the influence of our uh, incorporating faith into our discussions about life the way Clay has grown his influence on sports gambling and the SEC and many, many, many other things. I wish I could grow our brand like he has grown his. Well... We'll just keep slugging and pushing away. What do, you, uh, what do you think of Peter King? I mean, people don't know Peter King like you know him. You've yeah. known him for years. I have. I had dinner. Uh, I, the first time I ever met Peter, I met him at the Olympics in 1988 in uh, Calgary, I believe. The, I know this. The first time I met Peter, he was the Bengals writer at the Cincinnati Enquirer. And he wouldn't remember me because I was just a little, you know, peon. Uh, but he was at a dinner with a bunch of other writers, probably six other writers, and I was there too. And Peter and I have interacted on the phone five, six, seven, eight times since uh, you and I wrote the book together. And he is a big Chris Spielman fan. And anybody who's a big Chris Spielman fan, I have something very significant in common with. And Peter and I differ politically in a big way. But Peter's a smart guy. And Peter's not not a guy who's locked into his opinions without being willing to listen to other people. Now, I don't think I'm ever going to convince him. And I know he's never going to convince me, but it doesn't mean I can't be Peter King's friend. And it doesn't mean that I can't respect Peter King. I have enormous respect for Peter King. Everything I said about Clay Travis growing his brand, I say the exact same thing about Peter (laughs) King. 
<laughs> that's that's a great way to put it because I I think Peter uh, has always been so respectful and, and kind to me and professional by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's an obvious difference of of opinion and there's different feelings about different things, but. I would consider him a friend. And if he called and said, Chris, I need a favor Mm. without hesitation, I'm going to not look at him and say, okay, Peter, but I don't like what you said here about uh, uh, taxes, for example. So no, no, I, and I think, I really think, you know, the disagreements get a, there's a lot more agreement in this country than disagreement. It's just that the disagreement gets all the attention. And I think there's more people in this country that think like you and I, like Clay and Peter, where they'll actually have an actual conversation, may have total big, huge disagreements uh, philosophically and politically. But as far as they also have a lot of things in common, and that's where the respect comes in. At least that's how I look at things. I wish our conversations could start. Where do we agree and where can we go from from the point of agreement rather than focusing first and foremost on where do we disagree, let's start by shouting at each other. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot more productive in that way. So uh, an interesting uh, interaction between the two of them, and I'd invite you to find that on Clay's Twitter, which is easy to find, at Clay Travis. All right, yesterday, uh, Chris Holtman, Buckeye basketball coach, held a teleconference. Again, I will say thank you to Ohio State Sports Information for making coaches available on the phone at a time where guys who provide content like me are starved for access. And uh, it was nice to have Coach Holtman on for, I think he was on for more than an hour. And uh, probably the most interesting thing he talked about, he talked in generalities about the transfers. I mean, he's not going to say, DJ Carton didn't want to share time with CJ Walker because DJ wants to get to the NBA and... He needs the ball in his hand 35 minutes a game. And Luther Muhammad wants more shots. Dwayne Washington became a combo guard. Luther would like to become a combo guard. There's no place for him to become a combo guard on our team, so Luther transferred. He's not going to get that detailed. If you know basketball, you know that's exactly what happened. He's not going to say, Alonzo Gaffney's dad played for Cincinnati, and Alonzo Gaffney's the meal ticket for his family, and he thought he'd be a one-and-done. So even though he played like five minutes a game, He's going to make a check next year somewhere. He's going pro. That's the reality of those transfers. The call boiled down to, at one point, is there an issue with the program because guys are transferring out and can Chris Holtman keep a top 100 recruit happy because Muhammad, Carton, Gaffney are all top 100 recruits. How do you feel he's done over his first three years? I think he's done well uh, because he's playing under a different set of rules than Thad Mata did when Thad Mata's first three years happened. And yes, he is. In my, in my opinion. And, you know, every coach for the one and done has been around for a long time now. I don't know the exact number of years, but I'm sure it's double digits in years, correct? Yes. Would you say? I would think so, Ray. I would think right in yeah. there, yeah. Okay. And so, but before the one and done, they had the guys going out of high school. So, it's just a different set of rules and the mindset of the athletes is a little bit different. Um, uh, obviously in the football mindset, uh, because when I was coming out, uh, I, 
I don't think in 84, there's nobody that didn't think they were going to go to Ohio State and play four years and or five years to go to school or four years to go to school and use all your eligibility. Um, I do think uh, football guys didn't start coming out until the late 80s. And if I'm not mistaken, Bruce, this might be something that you can write an article on uh, or or think about. I think Barry Sanders was one of the first guys to leave early uh, in 1989, I think, or he was one of the, one of the first 10 guys. I'm not sure, but I know it wasn't, nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about it uh, until I was maybe my senior year or, or whenever it was. Uh, nobody did it. Uh, I know I don't know if Herschel Walker left early or he did. Her, Herschel like, was the first guy, but Herschel was different. He didn't go to the NFL. He went to the USFL. Right. I was, so I was, I'm, yeah, and exactly. I was just thinking of the New Jersey Generals because uh, President Trump owned the Generals back then, and I remember that. I remember watching that when Herschel was leaving early. But Barry Sanders is one of the first guys I think to leave early. It'd be interesting to see how many guys did that. Uh, that'd be a good article. I would read that. But. That's one article of yours I would read. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> well, that gives me a goal in life. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm, it's just a different set of rules. I think he's done well. It's well, here's the set of rules. Here's the thing. I, I did some minimal research into this because I, I do want to write a story at some point about who has the – I don't know if I want to entitle it who has the easier job or who has the harder job, but I'm going to enumerate the differences between the job Ryan Day has and the job Chris Holtman has. The job Ryan Day has, you can't lose. <laughs> that starts with, hey, yeah. by the way, you can't lose. Any game you lose, people are going to – probably trend toward thinking your season did not achieve its full potential. <laughs> That's a pretty hard job to have. Chris Holtman can lose. He could lose 10 times a year. He could lose so many games up to the point where he gets into the NCAA tournament. If he wins the NCAA tournament, all is forgiven. Great job. He could yeah, win the Big crazy. Ten tournament. All is forgiven. But here's the thing that – here's the number I found that I think makes Chris Holtman's job hard, and it's only going to get harder. The transfer rate in college football is 14%. The transfer rate in college basketball is 30%. Yeah. There are and climbing. This yes, and climbing. This year in the transfer portal, this blows my mind. There are 750 Division 1 college basketball players in the transfer portal. 750 players who played somewhere last year who are Going to go to another school next year. 13 scholarships per team. <laughs> that is like 60 full teams of basketball players transferring to another school. 60 out of what? 312. 60 teams. All of them transferring. That's an amazing number. Well, so amazing. Spiel's is speechless. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about what you're saying and, and so I, I where are you I was waiting for you to tell me where you judge Chris Holtman at this time okay so here's the thing before Thad Mata came to Ohio State um, other than the 60 61 and 62 super team that Fred Taylor had Ohio State had never been to three straight NCAA tournaments so Thad that's that's horrendous underachievement given their resources 
I'm with you that Ohio State basketball should be a national championship contender every year. Or with departures mm. and stuff like that, eh, three, four out of every five years. Or three out of every five years. Not less uh, three than that. Out, three out of five, they should be making runs in the tournament. Yeah. So, they should be in the tournament every year. Yes, in the tournament every year. Yes. Um, so, forget where I was going with that. I think Chris Holtman having... They would have been in this year, a five seed probably. I think he's done an outstanding job given what he inherited. They were way down when he got here. He parlayed Kata Bates-Diop and Jay Sean Tate into a tournament bid, won a game. Now there's, if he continues to do what he's done so far, that's not good enough. They can't be a notch above the little engine that could for perpetuity. I mean, now he's been here long enough that they need to start making a jump to where they become a perennial top 15 team and then a perennial top 10 team. And I believe they will do that. But I believe he's in, and I asked him about this yesterday, and I'll be writing about this at si.com backslash college backslash Ohio State. His recruiting strategy has to be ever evolving. Ryan Day can have a recruiting strategy where, you know, we're going to cultivate relationships with a certain super high school in Florida and high schools around the country, and we're going to apply those relationships into a pretty good pipeline of players year to year to year to year. Every recruit he gets, he's got for three years, unless the kid transfers. But he can keep a lot more guys happy. He's got specialized defenses he can play to get pass rushers in the game, nickel defenses to get an extra cornerback in the game. He's got special teams. He can get guys on the field when they're young. Chris Holtman can't always get guys on the court when they're young. Case in point, Alonzo Gaffney. You know, there's nothing that Chris Holtman couldn't fix with the uh, wonderlust of players for playing time if only he could play eight guys every game for 40 minutes and they could all score 20 a game. Then everybody would be happy. But that's yeah. not basketball. Well, for me, uh, you're right. Uh, the other thing that Ryan Day has going that Chris doesn't have going as of yet is that the the, the number one – bullet in Ryan Day's holster is, oh, by the way, when you watch this year's NFL draft, look where the first three guys started their careers. Yep. <laughs> not 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 three guys in the first round. The first three guys. The first at least, three. At least on paper with Burrow, Young, and Akuta. So I think Ryan has that going for him. And, and Chris doesn't have, hey, by the way, if you come here, you know, I'm getting you ready for the NBA or I'm getting you ready to play in Turkey or Italy or Spain or Australia. Uh, that's not the focus of their recruiting. It's not, it's just not who they are. Maybe at, at Kentucky with Calipari, that's what that focus is, right? Yes, it is. Is it not? I mean, it's a one and done and let's go get a new group of five guys, one and done and let's go. Then he has a history of putting guys, in the NBA or guys there getting drafted in the first round, two or three guys, maybe be even be a lot of lottery picks from Kentucky. It seems like it's, that's the case every year. So it's just a different mindset. You know, I mean, he's got to do it old school. Hey, come to Ohio state. We're going to compete for the big 10 championship every year and get on a run in the NCAA tournament. But I, I, Cause besides Michael Conley and Greg Oden, when's the last time that Ohio state has had those guys, was it Evan Turner? Was he a lottery pick? Yeah, Evan or? was number two overall. 
Evan Turner, okay. and then D'Angelo Russell was number two overall. Okay, D'Angelo Russell, yeah. right? But that that's but Evan's a guy. three. Yeah, Evan's a three-year player. I mean, you'll take a three-year player who's number two overall. That's fine. A one-year player who's number well, two that's overall. Awesome. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's that's that hurts you. And here's the thing, you know, Chris Holtman's trying to build a program that is good every year. Ask Jawan Howard this morning how he feels about recruiting five-star players. He had two five-stars committed. They were going to sign. One of them decides he's going to play in Europe. One of them backdoors him at the last minute and goes to Arizona State. Now he's left in the middle of April with two spots that he thought he had filled for next year empty. And he's had guys transfer. And so he's, this is what happens. You know, you, it's, uh, (laughs) I have an analogy in mind. It's not really appropriate. It's well, like it's like dating a stripper. Let me put it that way. You know, or guy, okay. that's an old that's an old line. The guys will say, "Oh, it's like dating a stripper." And what dating a strip what that analogy means is, in its pagan approach, is, oh yeah, there'd be some tremendous upside to dating a stripper, but eventually it's going to go bad. Yeah. And, and eventually, you know, when you chase five stars and you're dealing with guys who all think they should be top five picks in the NBA right now, and okay, I'll play with you for a year because I have to, yeah. that eventually has a downside to it. One word I didn't think I'd be using this morning is pagan. Well done, sir. Oh, I thought it was stripper. Okay, good. No, I think the only thing I can do is uh, when Thad was here and he came here, Indiana was way down. And that allowed him to get Odin and Conley. Yeah. That's that's just not going to happen anymore. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking at, all right, who else was hired at the same time as Chris Holtman and who's done a better job? So I'm looking here, top five coaching hires, 2017-2018. Brad Underwood at Illinois. Has Ohio State done better than Illinois since Brad Underwood went to Illinois? Without a doubt. Archie Miller, Indiana. Has Ohio State done better than Archie Miller at Indiana? Indiana hadn't gotten in the tournament yet. Probably would have got in this year. Didn't his first two years. So, yes, Chris Holtman over Archie Miller. And, by the way, at the time, I would have taken Archie Miller. And I was I wrong. Know, I remember that. I was wrong I on it. That. Kevin yeah. Cates, NC State. I have no idea what NC State's done. But I know that they haven't done better than Ohio State. And Will Wade, LSU. And if you want to hear Will Wade talk about paying players, you can watch the HBO documentary. And Will Wade is a train wreck at LSU. So, without a doubt... Of those guys, top five coaching hires, 2017-2018, Chris Holman has done, without even a question, the best job of any of those five four, uh, five guys. All right. But again, okay. there's Good there's job. room for growth, and he knows there's room for growth. He's not satisfied like where they are, so we'll see where they get to. So uh, well, I'm, I'm a fan of his, and more importantly, I've talked to people who watch him coach on a daily basis, yeah, and they are big fans of his. Now, I think they're recruiting. I think some of his assistant coaches uh, could step up their recruiting and their evaluation, but they work for him, so that's on him as well. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a fan, but ultimately you're judged on wins and losses and success. And so I think that, you know, that's ultimately going to be where, where Chris will be judged. As he said, it's not for him to judge, it's for others to judge. And as, quite frankly, his record or the success he has is is the verdict. That's right. Whether he's doing a good job or he's not doing a good job, I'm sure he's a great guy. I never met him. I would like to meet him one day. I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, but ultimately, because of his answer, that's not for me to judge how I'm doing. My record will tell you how I'm doing. That's right. My success will tell you how I'm doing. 
That's right. So, but it's it's just so interesting the dynamic of you would think that because basketball and the lesser number of guys, it would be easier to manage. I think it's more difficult to manage than a team of eighty-five football players because you can you can play every kid that thinks he's going to be an NFL player, especially if you're Ohio State because you're up in a lot of your games and you're you won the game by halftime. Right. So you can get a lot of these young guys to satisfy their lust to play the game, right? Yep. Or you can hide, you can get them on special teams or whatever. They feel like they're contributing, you know. But when you have a smaller group of guys, and they know the opportunities that there's 300 and some Division One basketball programs in this country, is that correct? Over? Yeah. Is it close to? Yep. So and so, I'm not getting. I'm like you said. I'm not the, I'm not a combo guard here. I, I'm a combo guard by nature. That's what I'll be in the NBA. Let me go somewhere else. In Luther's case, he went to Arizona State to play under Bobby Hurley. But the other thing, too, is just at, at Bowling Green with uh, my daughter, Macy, you know, they, they've lost – they've having five or six girls transfer out for various reasons, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's, it's just uh, either it's a – different philosophy with the coach or they didn't get enough playing time or they think they should be used different. It's the same thing. It's not just men's basketball. It's basketball in general. And it's almost like an AAU mentality. You know, you can play for one team one weekend. You can play for another team another weekend. Yeah. It's like, you know what it is. (laughs) It feels to me like basketball coaches have 13 five-star quarterbacks and you're trying to keep them all happy. Yeah, Luther Muhammad started 56 games his first two years and he's not getting enough minutes he's not getting enough shots i mean come on man it's not holtman's fault that he was shooting about 20 percent no so all right i know this is driving you crazy enough basketball let's get to something really important let's thank although i do love basketball i know you do let's thank our podcast listeners who have come through in a big way with Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Now, they've come through in a big way because they're continuing to order, and they're continuing to order because the coffee's phenomenal. Uh, So that's one reason why you should order your coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Another reason, because they buy direct from growers in Nicaragua and Thailand to do great things in those local communities. And now the third reason. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, Mr. Spielman, true to their word, will be making a... $300 $300 contribution based off a percentage of sales to their company from Spielman and Hooley podcast listeners to COVID-19 relief. So you and I right. will discuss off air uh, how we want Hemisphere to do that. And uh, they will, so maybe Friday we'll be awarding a uh, fifth recipient of COVID-19 relief. You say, well, what do you mean COVID-19 relief? If you haven't heard, Chris has sold, um, five or six different pieces of his uh, memorabilia from his football career at OSU and the NFL. And we are giving away $1,000 every Friday to people you nominate via SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And Mr. Spielman had the pleasure of delivering a check to one of our recipients this past weekend. So you've got to nominate people. You all know somebody who's out of work. I saw a thing today. Another restaurant chain is folding. Brio and Bravo. Uh, Logan's Roadhouse is folded. We're going to have a lot of small businesses fold. The unemployment numbers are staggering. Uh, So there are people out there in need. And you say, well, I'd like to give my neighbor, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but I can't. Well, we can. Thanks to, 
you know, Chris's auctions and uh, the hard work of his wife, Carrie, and uh, us getting the word out here on the podcast. So nominate somebody. And you can be the agent that helps us connect with someone who we don't know about unless you tell us about them via SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and it does, and so it doesn't have to be a local person. And we've given no. away checks to people all over this country. California, so. Texas, North Carolina. Colorado, Minnesota. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. Too much winning for Hemisphere. They're no winning. More winning. No more winning. Uh. <laughs> so order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And if you'd like, use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps to get 15% off. Uh, if you'd like to donate your discount to COVID-19 relief, it won't cost, well, I mean, it'll cost you 15% more, I guess, but Hemisphere will donate 20%. If not, they'll make another donation to us. If you just note in the uh, comment section, hey, I heard about you on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. So they're very happy with um, Spielman and Hooley listeners, and we, we want to help their company grow because their mission of helping other people fits our mission, and uh, which is, you know, following... Christ's call on our life to do what we can, given our circle of influence, given the people in our life, they're doing that with connections they've made over their time in business. And we try to do that with all of you, try to help you through the tough times in your life and try to show you that we have tough times in our life and how we handle those times. Hopefully we can gain mutual strength from that. All right. I have a question to ask you for about the next auction item. Okay. I got one more Big Ten championship ring, 1986 Big Ten champions. Oh, that's right. Uh, I mistakenly uh, said you uh, had only one. I forgot about the co-championship. Well, you can call it what you want, Mr. Two-time state champion. I call it a Big Ten championship. I'm just saying. I forgot that one. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. I don't forget your championship. Well, I try to forget things that bring you pain. And so I know what 1986 calls to mind first and foremost in your mind. Did you see the picture I put up on Twitter? I did. I want to ask you, where was that taken? You and the smiling, young, youthful Jim Harbaugh. Uh, (laughs) I don't know where it was taken. It was... Well, it had to be at some all... It had Big Ten kickoff luncheon, maybe? I, I don't know where. And I, I, all I know is I had on my brother's wool jacket that seemed to be passed down from some person that was 400 pounds in a previous life, a tie that was a shirt that was too small. But and Jim's in there like a quarterback with all his his nice suit on. But and he had I, the I, nice hair going. You got the oh, nice yeah. you got the nice mustache going though, Spiels. That was vintage <laughs> vintage late 80s mustache. <laughs> straight straight out of. Uh, REO Speedwagon lead singer band. Uh, but you think about it, though. I mean, I thought, you know, it, it, it was why I put it up there. But if I was going to put that up there, that picture on Twitter, and I decided to put it up on Twitter because uh, of me reliving the pain of the 1985-86 uh, Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And so people know my thoughts and my mentality. I, I, those don't ever leave me. They're they're like old friends that haunt me. And I was just starting to think about those games the other day and what I could have done better and where we missed and where we yeah. had an opportunity. You could have had 30 tackles instead of 29. Exactly. Yeah, you could have had 30 exactly. tackles. Right? You didn't do enough with 29 tackles. 
my hamstring was a little tight that Holy day. I had a cow. long day. What a slacker. <laughs> 29 tackles. But anyway. Yeah, if you were right for the, were you you know, if I mean that's right a, that's tied for the single game record at Ohio State. One more tackle, you'd have the whole old record to yourself. You know, if you were writing for the uh, plane dealer back then, covering the Buckeyes, you would have ripped my ass. I would have, <laughs> Jamie Morris, two hundred and forty-eight. I don't want to talk about it. Stop talking. Stop talking. All right, I've already went through this yesterday. I go through it once a month, both games. Okay. I see John Colasar running a post every night. Westlake, Ohio's John Colasar. Should have never let him get away. <laughs> That's on you, too, Northeast Ohio guy. Was, Did you host him was, on his visit? I was on the Blitz. No, I was on a Blitz, <laughs> and I got there just a, a, a quarter of a second late. And uh, uh, Anyway, so I decided to put that up there, but I, I put the truth up there, right? Here's Jim Harbaugh reminding me of the 85, 86 the game, yeah. and I, I just thought it was kind of cool to see uh, see see that picture, and it kind of brought back a lot of memories, a lot of painful memories. But I'm not only going to put up a lot of glee and joy and all that crap. I want to put up pain on my Twitter, so that even though it looked like a happy picture, it it was awful. It was an awful picture. Okay, was, so here's my question. Right. Can is this an actual photograph in a frame on your wall? No, it's just a snapshot I found digging through a box. All right, here's the thing. I got an idea. Let's what? let's get it enlarged and let's get you to autograph it and let's get Harbaugh to autograph it and let's auction that. I um uh... I can take care of getting Harbaugh's autograph. You don't have to call him. I'll get we'll go through our friend our mutual friend who has uh, a pipeline to Harbaugh. Uh, what do you think? Uh, right. I, you, no? I thought that's where you were going with this. No, I was going to throw the picture away. Definitely don't do that. <laughs> Someone will pay for that picture. I here's all right. Here's I I, I want to get to forty thousand sooner rather than later. Okay. Because um, I don't like giving my stuff away. <laughs> So, <laughs> You're not giving it away. Trust me. Well, I'm, I paid twelve like, grand for that ring. No, I don't like selling it. Yeah, but I, 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 I mean, I not you. You understand what I mean? I right? do understand like, what you mean. It's it's it's, it's just not like, easy for you when, to let go of it. No, it's not. No, I'm just being honest. When when Stephanie was sick, I didn't want to take a year off of playing football. Nope. I don't. I hated it, but I had to do it, and it's the right thing to do. And I and I have peace about it. it just doesn't mean I I don't jump up and down. When the ring goes out the door, I'm not. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, but but the payoff is when I I meet a family and a mother with a uh, single mom with the children are uh, seven kids. That's the payoff. But you know, it doesn't make it easy. So it's either that or now think about this. I framed Ohio State game worn jersey, framed Ohio State game worn pants. Buckeye, uh, a game-worn helmet, and the red shoes from the Cotton Bowl. All of that on a plaque that says, from Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, so, man. So it's the helmet, the shoes, the jersey, and the pants. From what the you, 1987 what? Cotton Bowl, the uh, Ruby... No, sl- not the... It, 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 it's all, all the stuff, the... the, the the shoes are from the Cotton Bowl. The helmet okay. is, 
I don't know, it's from my senior year or junior year. It's game-worn because you, you can see it. It has the yeah. uh, Buckeye leads on it, all that cool stuff, and a game-worn jersey and a game-worn pants. So what would bring more, the, the helmet shoes, game-worn jersey, game-worn pants, or the 1986 Big Ten Championship ring? I think the, I need your advice. I think the jersey and the shoes. But if I'm and, wrong, then, you know, man, dude, that is – that's really a sweet. That's a sweet that's item. That's the big. That's the big ticket item. I think if I can, I have a number in mind. If I can get to that number or the Big Ten championship ring, uh, I want to try to keep one of those if I could. You know, either the Big yes. Ten championship ring or the helmet, shoes, and uniform. I have in my mind which one I would keep. Okay. I'm well, then you, sell what you, sell what you. No, no, wait, no. I want. I want to. I'm. I'm gathering opinions. I want to know. Which one you would keep uh, if it were you? Hey, my my lovely wife. Hey, can you get me another cup of Hemisphere coffee, delicious Hemisphere coffee that goes to benefit churches all over the world? I, and a sandwich. <laughs> and, and an egg sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that, what finger is that you're holding up at me right now? <laughs> Hold on a second, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, here's what, okay. I'm going to try to get inside your head. All right. From from plain city via the phone line. I don't think Chris Spielman necessarily has an emotional attachment to a, to a championship ring that ended with a field goal wide left. But I think Chris Spielman from grandma and grandpa, knowing he scored a touchdown in those Ruby slippers against Kevin Murray. That one hurts to let go of. That would hurt uh, me to let go of. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, I, I just gotta. I mean, the ring. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I, I if you, you sell know, that ring and it, do you think that ring's gonna bring what the other ring brought? It might. Uh, it might. It might. It might. It might. I, I. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we can. I'll tell you what I'll do. Now the first ring had Rose Bowl on the side of it. What is that in, inside of it? Inside yeah. of it. What does this one say? Co-champions? Oh, no, it doesn't say co-champions. It says Big Ten champions. Okay. Again. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mention your state championship. And you we didn't share it with anybody, champ. In 18. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't finish 18th or 20th in my state championship. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder, uh, yeah, I think you're, right now, I think you're right. I'm probably going to put the other uh, ring up. But get me uh, that picture, and I'm going to get that framed and autographed, and that'll bring why? a lot of money. I don't think that would. Nobody it will. That'll bring over a 1000 bucks. Young Jim Harbaugh, young Chris Spielman. Uh, Some pro-life activist would love to have that, two out-front pro-life guys. Spiels and Harbaugh, the one thing we can agree on. That's true. I'm telling you what, we auctioned that at the right place. We can make some moolah on that. All right. Are you going to talk to Angelique, or what are you going to do? No, I'm going to talk to uh, our friend Shemmy on that. Oh, yeah, Shemmy will get that done. Shemmy will get that done in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, I'll give it to you. I, when, when I'm out of quarantine and I can 
Never in the world would I thought would I miss the drive out to Hooli hinterland. You can't wait to come back out here, can you? And get attacked <laughs> well, by my cat. Well, you know, the the benefit is that, you know, my fee for doing this podcast is free Diet Coke. So <laughs> We're preserving your stock. Yeah. Your stockpile of Diet Coke has not been touched since you just, stopped coming. <laughs> the, well, yeah, it, it's 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 true. So, you know, I it's it's interesting doing this podcast. It costs me more money to do this yes, podcast. Yes, it does. <laughs> At least you get the free coffee. I'm going to get you some of the Thailand coffee, which my friends tell me. I was on a conference call with a missionary in Ecuador the other night, and he told me the Thailand coffee is the absolute best from hey, Hemisphere. Bruce, so how cool is it that my wife is now bringing me a delicious cup of Hemisphere roasted coffee? Mm, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank How's you, Carrie. How's the egg sandwich coming? <laughs> <laughs> Might have to build a seven-second delay into the podcast. <laughs> oh. no, I'm sorry. I mean, it's a podcast, so we could actually do these. We things, could. So. That's right. Uh, okay. Um, so, so uh, the ring will be going up, uh, or well, you decide. But there'll be another right. item going up sometime soon. Correct? Probably. Yeah, probably, and I'm going to keep it up for seven days. Uh, I want to really, if I can, man, <laughs> I, I I want to end this auction. So I hope somebody bids big. Be, not not because I, you know, I, I just, you know, I don't, I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. Right? Well, but I mean, you I'm said not, you wanted to model sacrificial giving, and uh, you are, dude, my friend. You are. We're going, we're, it's funny, though. We're going through some stuff because, uh I think we're actually moving here. I heard. Anyway, my wife told me we're moving soon. Do we know when? You we're heard moving? you're moving. Just a little thing. Hey, by the way, we're moving next week. <laughs> I, I, well, I, 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 I mean, I, you know, she just she asked, like, oh, what do you think? And the next thing I know, here, sign this. And uh, so I think we're moving. So I've been going through some stuff. And it's amazing the stuff that I'm giving away and the stuff that, uh, I'm keeping and the stuff that I'm keeping, what I've learned is not, I'm keeping stuff that nobody else would find value valuable. Uh, but the stuff that I find myself pulling aside that I'm want to keep there, it has a meaning or a memory special to me. The other stuff people might find more valuable and, and not, not of what like a ring or anything like that, but you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And the stuff and the stuff that you keep, because I hate clutter and I've accumulated a ton of clutter over the years. And so the stuff that I'm keeping, uh, only I see the value in it, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because you know, I I have these pictures of my dad coaching that I, I forgot I had, and those are just like when I look at those, it just it it gives me a moment where it brings me back to my dad and how you know how I felt about my father mm -hmm. as a as a child and as a man you know like any relationship we had our differences throughout our lifetime but you, you know he's the single biggest influence in my life and one of the hardest working people I've ever met and for anything that I have as far as passion for the game and and work ethic in people always ask me somebody asked me on twitter well what do you what did you learn about giving stuff away 
And, you know, my dad was a high school football coach. We, in my first 10 years of my life, we grew up in uh, a bungalow where Rick and I shared a loft and a one bathroom house. Uh, and my mom was awesome also. But when I watched my dad and he coached players in at Canton Timken High School, and it was a lot of it was Canton, originally it was Canton Timken Vocational High School. And it was just the players that we had and that he had, uh, let's put it this way, they weren't enjoying the hinterlands of Plain City or the hollowed grounds of Upper Arlington. No. You know, and when I think of all the guys that would come to our house just for a bologna sandwich or if, if I remember my mom, uh, asking if I, she can borrow some of Rick and I's lawnmower cutting, lawn cutting money that we made that day because she wanted to buy an extra steak for a kid that was coming over. Mm. How, how many times, how many countless times that occurred? Or the forever memory of us going to pick up a guy named Harry Brown that lived in a downtown YMCA in Canton, Ohio on Christmas Eve and him having Christmas with us, you know, or... My dad, like, ruining or making, uh, having some players paint a little side of the house that didn't need painted. You know, all these things that he did, and how the players, and I, and I reflect back when I see those pictures of how the players. I'm sure some, some, some of them mf them under his breath a lot, but they all respected him, and how he was the only strong male adult figure in their life, you know, and it was just, uh, so that stuff means a lot to me, you know, because it brings back those memories. And that's what I got from my dad more than anything is to, it's like, we didn't have a lot to give away, but whatever we had extra, we gave away or he created something to give away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, 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 that makes sense. So it was, uh, it's been really, really, really cool. It's it's interesting thinking back, and I know you, you probably feel this way too, that with our parents and how we grew up, and our kids are growing up, or well, my kids are growing up, obviously way different circumstances than I grew up in. And by the way, I make sure they know it. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a like <clears throat> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong no, with making I them aware been, of their blessings. Yeah, making yeah, and. And I think that's everybody's goal. I think that's your and Sherry's goal, right? I Absolutely. hope it was Absolutely. that, you know, you, your kids are, have it better than you and not that you don't teach them life lessons and all that stuff, but you know, they're, my kids aren't out having three jobs in the summertime. <laughs> not because I, I wanted to, it's because we had no choice because it helped, you know? So all that good stuff. Here's an email from uh, Kevin. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. He says, Bruce, like you, I include Proverbs as a part of my daily reading through the scriptures. Uh, today, April 11th, several passages made me think of you and Chris and the times we are living in. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Proverbs eleven twenty six: people curse the man who hoards grain, but blessings crown him who is willing to sell. So, uh, Kevin, like, uh, like me, reads... A chapter from Proverbs that corresponds with the date uh, on the calendar. What I had from the faith portion today on the podcast comes 
from my reading. Can a I few... say something real quick yeah. on Kevin yeah. on that? I want to thank him for that because I needed to hear that today to motivate me to put another auction item up. So I'm, I'm being completely transparent and honest. I don't, I didn't want to, you know, because it's hard. Yes, I understand. And, and so for him to share that, that motivates me and, and inspires me. So thank you, Kevin, for sending that because I needed to hear that. I needed, I needed to hear that. You know, I did. And I'm kind of embarrassed to even say that I needed to hear that. But I, it's not like I wasn't going to do it, but I, I needed to be inspired again to do it, you know. Because well, not, think of not, uh, think it's of, not easy. No, think of. But I, and, and I'm think, not looking for pats on the back. No, no, I know you're not. Please. Just think of Carrie and Kaylee and that look on her face when you handed that check yeah. over. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so, sorry. since our last podcast, uh, I'll share two other verses: one from Proverbs 13, one from Proverbs 14. Uh, he uh, Proverbs 13:20. He who walks with the wise grows wise but a companion of fools suffers harm. And then from Proverbs 14, um, verse 7, Stay away from a foolish man, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. As I reflect back on my life, I'm, I'm headed to uh, my church. I'm supposed to be there at 8 o'clock this morning to film a panel discussion that will uh, stand as our message on Sunday morning, our virtual message about... Uh, how we can apply ourselves right now in this era and serve Jesus, uh, walk out our faith. So I'm going to film that at 8 o'clock this morning. I am blessed at our church to be surrounded by (laughs) the wise men. talked about the companion of fools. Years ago, well, I'll just say this. A A month or so ago, one of the guys at my church that I consider, um, one of my closest friends talked about his 29th anniversary and he gave the year that he got married. Well, it was the year I moved back to Columbus and my brother tried to get me to go to that church and I didn't go. Now I'm going there and I have, I mean, I could name 12 guys, maybe more at that church that I just am blessed by their friendship. And I thought to myself, you know, he could have had these friendships 30 years ago but you were rebellious and you didn't want to go to church. Um, you were, oh, unco- I didn't know you didn't, you didn't, you didn't even go to church. Well, I was going to, I was going to say I was uncomfortable going. Why was I uncomfortable? I went, but I was, I went to a church, but I was, you know, in and out and didn't talk to anybody. And I was putting in an appearance. You punched in the clock. Yeah, I was. The clock. yeah it was. It was, a fo- <laughs> it was a phony worship. It was phony worship. Why was I that way? Cause I was guilty. I was just feeling guilty, and I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't, my relationship with Christ was not real to me at the time, like it is now, like it has been for years. And so I know who my friends were back when I moved to Columbus. None of them were walking obediently with Christ. Well, then, shockingly, I wasn't either, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So my point here is I'm blessed to be your friend. I'm blessed to be friends with Tony and Doug and Roy and Jim and Doug and Jonathan and Jason and Jason and Jared and Jared. And I could go on and on. I mean, those are all guys that I'm 
open and honest and transparent with. They're all my brothers, and I do mean my brothers as much as my brothers in my own family are my brothers. And so these verses spoke to me that 30 years ago, had I surrounded myself with godly men, that would have, I am very sure, made a huge difference in my life. Now, I wouldn't want a different wife. I wouldn't want different kids. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying my relationship with Christ would have been, I think at this point in time, so much more, uh, I missed out on years and years and years of fellowship with Jesus because I was walking with, as far as obedience to Christ, I was walking with fools. So if you're having trouble, you say, well, I'd like to be more faithful, but I don't know why, I just can't connect. Maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's the people you're surrounding yourself with at this point in your life. And maybe you need to take a hard look at the friendships you have and whether a rich relationship with Jesus is worth you surrounding yourself with better people. Um, I agree with everything you say. But once you get to that point, don't be afraid to surround yourself with people that need Christ. Absolutely. That's and, that's and mission you, work. And, that's that's what I'm going correct. to talk about at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And I, so I guess there's a part B to that. Once you get to that point where you are now, that I always look to... Apostle Paul, right? I got to be all, all things to everybody, yep. right? What we were talking about with Clay Travis and Peter King earlier, as much as yeah. is possible, live at peace with everyone. Yeah. So that's excellent. Uh, mine is simple. Do not do not grow weary of, of doing good. Um. Not that I'm like again. I'm not looking for any any congrats or great job, Chris or any of that um i had to that came to my mind today because of this we're starting to pack up for this move that apparently we're doing in the next month or so and i'm going through this stuff and it's bringing back all these memories and like when i see a piece of an old jersey or high school newspaper clipping or um it brings back emotions and i takes almost transports me in time i have a very vivid imagination right i can see things mm -hmm. and i remember things as talking about the 85 john colasar running a post on a blitz that uh, sealed the game for michigan or our 86 game where hardball guaranteed a victory for michigan in columbus i mean i can relive those things and and also the great things that happened you know, um, so, and I'm thinking, man, giving this stuff away, what am I, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I doing the right thing? I mean, and I know it's the right thing, but I'm in the battle, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so for whatever reason, um, that I, I forget where that is. We'll have it. Maybe you can post it or whatever. I, I'm sorry. I didn't do not grow uh, weary. Yeah. Do not grow weary of doing good. And I know this is the right thing to do um, about selling this stuff, but uh, it, it's I'm 
I'm growing weary of it, but now I'm motivated because I know that it serves a greater good. Just because you constantly tell yourself it's going to serve a greater good doesn't mean you grow weary of doing it. So yeah. I was encouraged, first uh, of all, by by the email, which I believe was a message to me, directly to me, of stay the course on what you committed to do. Then for whatever reason, do not grow weary of doing good popped into my brain today because I needed that. And it's funny how God doesn't give us everything we want, but he gives us what we need. And I needed that today to motivate me, you know, because of the emotions of going through all this old stuff that are bringing back all these great memories, you know, and, and, and the sentimental attachment that I have to it. And yet I'm going to give it up, you know, and, uh, I needed to be encouraged today to keep going. So uh, it was a, it's a very, very productive podcast. And I believe Kevin was our emailer. Kevin, yes. Correct? Kevin, originally from Chagrin Falls, now living in San Diego. And, and if you could thank Kevin for sending that in. And this is the per- perfect example, Bruce, of our listeners encouraging us. He didn't even probably think that he, maybe he did, I don't know. But to have the direct, God speaking directly through Kevin to me is another example of why we're doing this podcast. And so, Kevin, you've made a difference in my life and you've encouraged me to push on when, quite frankly, it's a battle to push on. Not anymore because of Kevin and God saying, just keep going, Chris. It's going to be all right. Galatians 6. Isn't that that cool, though? Yes, very. We don't don't look at this as a one-way street where we... Right. lecture you no. guys in faith you guys can and do obviously from this example strengthen us and pull us along and convict us and that's it's a mutual thing that's a beautiful yeah. thing about having uh people who relate wow. to you on a faith level here's the scriptural reference you were talking about galatians yeah. it's paul's letter to the galatians let us not become galatians 6 9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Oh, man. Well, I thank everybody for that because, and I feel bad saying this, you know, but I, I, I can't be authentic if I don't, if I'm not authentic with you or the listeners. And so when I come here, and, and but I want the listeners to understand that you know, my struggles are your struggles. They're the exact same thing from a from a faith perspective, you know, where I was weary. Now I'm not because of you, Bruce Hooley, and because of Kevin just today. I'm not weary. I got to keep going because, and not because I'm, I'm looking for a harvest at the end, but for me personally, but for everybody, you know, I mean, it's an investment. That's what I got to keep thinking of it as, as an investment in the kingdom. That's what I'm, that's, that's what my motivation is. And after I get off the 
phone with you. Uh, I'm going to go take pictures of that ring, and it'll be up soon. Fantastic. Great talking with you this morning, my friend. Okay. Oh, we're done already? We only won an hour and a half today. Wow, we're like, we're like uh, never mind. I'm not going to say what we're like. <laughs> Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, the official sponsor of the Phil and Hooley podcast. Order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Please review us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell us what we can do better. Send in your nominations for COVID-19 relief. SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, thank you to all who email, who listen, and who support us in what we do. We appreciate it very much. Look for Spiel's auction online soon. Tell your friends about that. Somebody who'd like a Big Ten championship ring? It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, you'll find it on eBay. We'll post the links on our Twitter at WeTackle, at Hools at Chris underscore Spielman. Hope you all have a great day. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Get those nominations in. Friday we are going to draw at least four, maybe five names of people who will get $250 in COVID-19 relief. Blessings to all of you. <laughs>